What's up, guys? And we are live. I am very happy to have uh, my uh, namesake here, Alex from the Four Week Natural, formerly RSD Alex, uh, as I think some people in the community still know you. And uh, yeah, man, it's great to have you on. In case you guys are wondering, like, why the fuck are you doing a live stream at 4 p.m.? Don't you only come out at night? Uh, Alex is in the UK time zone, so we had to do it. I had to make some uh, lighting adjustments because I've never actually done one of these during the day. I've never shot a video or done a uh, podcast during the day. I simply fucking hate like having to deal with the natural light and shit, but we made it work. It doesn't look too bad. You kind of see my dog in the background lurking on the couch. So mm. it's all good. Welcome, Alex. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for the invitation. And uh, I've been following your group for probably like, maybe a year and a half now, paying a bit of attention from the, from the outside. So... Yeah, good to be involved. Nice, dude. Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, I've known about you for you know probably like close to half a decade. Uh, I would say definitely you and uh, Julian were definitely like the top list of my RSD instructors, and you know we can we can kind of crack into all that. And I know you, you're doing your own company now, and you got your own thing. Uh, but let's st let's start off with this. How did you get started into pickup? I started in pickup in 2006, so I've been doing this uh, since the very beginning of time. And in 2006, like I was in Australia, I was 21 years old and just the classic story of not being very happy with my social life. I actually threw a big party for my 21st and not a lot of people came. And then with my birthday money, I went out and bought self-help books like NLP and then I bought the game. And then uh, in the second half of 2006, I was just running around, picking up and having good success. Then I got an ego about it and then I became kind of confrontational about it. And then I did an RSD boot camp when I was 21 years old in 2007. And then they said, like, this guy is, to, to, quote, to quote Tyler, like, I bought Alex into RSD because I wanted to learn from him. And that was one of the good things mm. that Tyler did actually, like bringing in guys like me and Julian or whatever. Um, and then I was a lead instructor for RSD after my boot camp um, from 2007 until 2015. So full time. And right now at this point in time, Nobody in the history of the world has coached more live in-field coaching sessions than me. Like actual days spent coaching human beings in nightclubs, bars, parks, libraries, parties and things like that. I'm the man. So bring your questions. I'll see what I can help you with tonight. What was the journey like to go from uh, just learning game to uh, become a coach? <laughs> uh, so when I was learning game, uh, depends on how much you want to get to it, but when I, st I read the book, The Game, and I, I had all of this like young kind of angst and energy and frustration, like kind of an emo energy. And then when I read the book, The Game, I, re I realized that I can be kind of positive and I'm allowed to go for the results that I want. And all of a sudden, um, instead of me being a dickhead in nightclubs at the age of 21, I started being, you know, I would give compliments and I would ask the girl for the number, then ask the girl to come home and be a little bit persistent. And all of a sudden it started working pretty well. And then I had a kind of a, an anger and a fire in me, a confrontationalism and an ego about it. So I was a really intense character. I studied psychology to be a, a counselor because I had a whole lot of intensity in my brain, you know, that a lot of young guys do, like trying to make sense of the world. And then, you know, RSD, they saw energy, they saw somebody studying psychology. I had experience speaking, I had experience writing a lot of articles. And then, they put me in the training program, the RSD training program, and that, that's pretty fucking intense. Like, they, they plucked me out of blue-collar life in a small town in Australia, plucked, put me into Las Vegas with Tyler and students in these crazy nightclubs. I'd never been there before, and of course, at the age of 21, you're like the youngest person in the club. 
and uh, I just I just loved it. I, I've been studying to be a counselor to help people up to that point. Um, I felt like there's no reason why I can't do any of this. I might not know how to yet, but there's no reason why I can't. So let's go for it. Um, and then RSD training is like going out seven days a week with Tyler in Hawaii for about four weeks. And then I train with Jeffy for about eight or nine weeks. And then they they ship me off around the world to host uh, programs. And, you know, I'll tell you something, guys. Like, this is almost a bit of an insight or a scam or a scoop. I really think that in the first two years that I was coaching in RSD, that it was a bit of a scam. It was a bit of a scam, right? We don't really know what the fuck we're doing. We just go to the club with three students who pay a lot of money, like clapping our hands like, yay, state approach, yay, believe in yourself, some self-help stuff. But, you know, like if you do anything long enough, you'll start to become kind of competent at it, kind of competent at it. But in 2009, we actually started you know, recording infield video and then there was no hiding. We had to prove that we could do certain things. And from the very first two days that we started recording in 2009, there were so many things that we could say, oh shit, that what we always thought was relevant or meaningful doesn't mean anything. And then there's these new variables that are really important to our night game and our pickup now, you know, our, our personality, the way that we express ourselves, those things are really important. So once we brought the cameras out, then we got exponentially better like it, coaching both coaching and also understanding dynamics what's what's relevant and what's not relevant so that was kind of the story and then i just got into this routine of coaching i would coach 45 weekends a year it was like eight years in a row because a bit of a, a bit of slave driving going on at rsd I would say. <laughs> they work they work us fucking hard and then after a while i thought okay i've had a good time here thanks so much for this experience but I've got a different vision for myself and that is what I do now and have done for seven years now 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 yeah I've been coaching forward natural for seven years so it's it's a brilliant concept I've, I've really enjoyed the, the transition well you picked you pick the right time to leave I mean I feel like around 2015 uh, 2016 is when their content just completely went to shit I've talked about this in the other videos is that like you know like 2012, 2013, RSD was putting out some pretty good content. I mean, you know, there's some bullshit, mm. but, you know, there's some good content in there for sure, 100%. Uh, then around 2015, I think it was after Julian Gate. Like, it was a good just, movement. Yeah, the, the content just went to shit. Like, now you watch the – like, all the good content is gone. You just watch the content now. It's just like, do people really, like, fucking watch this still? But I guess, I guess they do because they're making, you know, money. But I've heard, you know, mm. like, I've watched some of your other interviews. You've talked about how, like, basically it got to a point where they were just like – because you were one of like the seasoned instructors, right? So they basically were like getting other people who would do your job for free and they were not giving you like, uh, you know, a fair shake. Was it something like that or? Um, there was a whole lot of different reasons. Uh, basically when I started as a kid, 21 years old, and I grew to the age of 28 when I decided to make an alternative plan to get out of it. But the biggest reason why I got out of it was not because of a lack of RSD was that I had a bigger picture of how that I wanted to coach students and mm-hmm. when when I I hatched the idea of four week natural like a, a 30 day coaching program 30 days I think is the ideal time um, because you know when I'm getting a student for three days or six days it's not enough really to change somebody's life no, and even you know I can't really 100% agree yeah right right so I mean I come from a counseling background I wanted to be a cognitive behavioral therapist and maybe a psychiatrist like helping people manage their 
symptoms and overcoming trauma and uh, behavioral management, stuff like that. And one time, it was like in 2013, I said, anybody who wants to be my intern and come to like all these cities with me in Europe, you're free to do it. All right, you, you can come in, you can come on all the programs, whatever. And I had like, I must have like 11 guys show up this one year. I was like, what the fuck? What am I going to do with these 11 guys? And these 11 guys, they would have spent, they didn't sp- they didn't give any of the money to me, but they would have spent probably 10 to 14,000 US dollars to travel and support themselves and accommodate themselves just to be involved with the program. And, and what I saw is that, I, I, I saw a distinct pattern with, you know, growth, learning, personal development, is that, you know, everyone has a kind of a honeymoon phase, the first, you know, week and a half. Then everyone has a kind of a, a dark phase where their their true self is revealed, their real sticking points revealed. Um, anything that they're lacking in in life becomes evident. Uh, they hit plateaus that they can't get over. And that's when I could actually really help this group of interns because we can see, ah, you're having this frustration uh, because of these reasons. And I know this is where my expertise comes in. I know what I can ask you to do to help you to get over how to think about things differently, different actions to take, massive pattern interrupts, um, different projects that these guys could do that would get them into a better state. And I saw all of these guys getting magically really good after about 25 days. However, in, in RSD, they used to have this thing called RSD Immersion. Have you heard of that, that program they yeah, used to do? Yeah, of course, of course. Man, and that was kind of fucked up because students would sign up for RSD Immersion and they would think, I'm going to sign up for nine months, I'm going to sign up for six months, I'm going to sign up for fucking 12 months. I'll just pay RSD $40,000 for accommodation and I hope that I get good. But what I realized is that, you know, if you're going to get mentorship, you want it to be a, a strong and meaningful but limited time because, you know, you've got to take that student under your wing, help them, challenge them, enlighten them, uh, teach them things they've never known before, help them through their own turbulence. But the student needs to know there is an end date on this when they need to take the reins of their own life back, mm. be their own boss and stop being a student of the game and start being their own alpha male or the own, you know, uh, leader of their own life kind of thing. And so that's been a really critical point of making my program 33 days, like not not 40 days, not 50 days, but 33 days. We actually have a three-day break in between because it's fucking intense. And that's been quite good. So, and then, and then another bo- bonus of the program that we do at the moment, which is part of what we're talking about, is when a student does like four weeks training, they pay for the four weeks, but then they can join the next program for free because they've already been trained. They know what to do. They know what's oh, expected. Oh, dope. Yeah, it's really it's a really cool concept because like uh, like for example, I have this year, I have eleven or nine guys in Amsterdam, and we train really hard for you know five weekends, and then they're like, Alex, don't fucking coach me anymore. I, I've got a girlfriend. I'm having fun. My phone's blowing up. Life is good, and then. I literally start the next weekend in Croatia uh, for the summer and then those guys will come down and they're already trained and what they're doing, we can relate to each other and I've got kind of like a built wingman who is setting a good example, introducing the new students to girls but also that that guy understands not to fuck with the new students experience. So yeah, no, it's, it's a good way to build community and also you know, as a pickup coach, this is a funny thing in the industry, as a pickup coach, you should never want to have repeat customers. You know what I mean? Like, you should want to sell. Yeah. Well said, well said, sir. Well said, yeah. sir. You, you yeah, don't want to have somebody doing like five boot camps because it means you're a pretty bad coach. So that means you're so, a horrible coach, dude. I do, I do, I do coaching calls like once in a blue moon, and like mainly I don't because I'm mainly interested in growing my YouTube channel. But 
occasionally I do YouTube call, calls and people are like, oh, so how many coaching sessions do I have to do with you? I'm like, just one, like one hour. Well, most of the time we'll solve the problem in one hour with your Tinder profile. This shouldn't take like five mm -hmm. or 10 calls for us to like fucking switch up your pictures or something like that. Maybe two calls, like if you're a hard case, but yeah, so definitely agree. And uh, yeah, the, the three day thing is bullshit. You can't teach anyone shit in three days. Three days, maybe they have like a, just an idea of what possibly they could do, but they're gonna fuck it up on day four when they go back to their own life. So very much agree. You know, well, one funny. I, I still, I still like the three day program. You know, you do really. So well, look, here's the thing: if if it simply gives somebody a positive therapy, they 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 learn for the first time, that they they get permission for the first time ever. They can begin for the first time ever. They can have a fun they've never had before for the first time ever. It's not going to make a monumental change, but if it opens a door that's never been opened before, that's good. But, you know, very, very likely it's not going to change their lives forever, but it is going to open their eyes to something they've never seen before. And that's that's a start. That's a start. However, from a coaching point of view, some coaches don't want to be that transparent to another human being for longer than three days. So I'm proud in that in my job, I'm happy for a student to see me in all of in all of my states positives negatives tired energized or whatever i've got nothing to hide so the, the better that you get to know me after 30 days the better you're going to understand that i'm a solid character but some other coaches in all different industries the better that you get to know that coach the clearer you're going to smell some problems or things like that so that's why a lot of coaches don't i'm not as transparent as the, the program that i'm doing but it's really important for like man-to-man mentorship and growth and you know brotherly growth to have a strong connection with the people that you're working with in in mentorship type programs so you're really important to me yeah i mean i'd say we all have some problems it's just a matter of whether these problems affect our ability to coach effectively right like i would be lying if i said i had no issues and i'm just a perfect human being i mean for sure like if you yeah. live with me long enough you'll see that you know i have my fair share of share of shit i just you mm. know i don't think it really affects my ability to like coach or get laid but yeah uh, you know what's a funny story that I wanted to bring up that uh, had me cracking up because earlier this morning I was watching some of your interviews and I, I love this story. You were saying how you were like on the plane, you were sitting next to Ozzy and then you looked, you were like hungover or something and you looked at him and you were like, oh shit, like this might be me in like 10 years. You just saw like an older version of yourself and that's like when you said you knew you had to like quit RZ, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I already had a plan to quit. I call it like um, Operation, what the fuck is that movie? Operation... Shawshank Redemption, like make this mask plan to get out properly. Um, but then when I saw Ozzy, I'm like, okay, I need to like get a lawyer. I need to do a couple of things to make sure this is all going to be legitimate. Um, and and yeah, it was not it was not cool. He's he's actually a really nice guy, the guy Ozzy, and he's helped a lot of people. But yeah, I, I've um, heard, I've heard, yeah, he's a good yeah. Guy. I, d I didn't want to be like not the boss by the time that I'm 46 or whatever he was. No, definitely not. I mean, uh, what was the? Uh, you, you don't have any like uh, cases going on with RZ right now. Like you're free to talk, right? You're not like. Uh, oh yeah. Or... yeah. Well, okay. Like, RSD is an American company, and I'm an Australian citizen. Although it was kind of funny when when I did leave, they they said you are not allowed to work in your industry of expertise in your home country from which we're banned. And my lawyers That's are crazy. like, what like. I think these people are actually banned from doing business in their own country anyway. Nonetheless, like, we don't even need to go into that. Let's talk Tinder. Let's talk about Tinder help and assistance. Unless you have any specific questions, but I'm, I'm keen to trade ideas on Tinder insights from, from yeah, your sure. side of things uh, and my side of things. Let, let me touch on this. So you, uh, okay, so I'm kind of curious about this. So you have a company now. You do, aside from 4 Week Natural, you do some photography stuff. Can you, can you talk about that? Like, what, how did that start? 
Yeah, right. Well, you know, when we're you know making media for for Ignat, uh, for Natural and Pickup, I became like a photography expert, and I'm always you know traveling around. I get to see all the got to see the world, you know, ten times over. So I had a camera, uh, and I would just take photos of where I was going, what I was doing, and now I really enjoy, you know, obviously making media because I'm really lucky to live this life that I have. Make videos about it, try to share some good vibes, and I've I've since become a very very good portrait photographer both for students and for girls so it's kind of cool like i'll buy a new lens in fact i think here's uh this is like an eighteen thousand dollar camera here i'll buy a lens and i'll put it on instagram and girls will see it and they'll be like ah you bought a new lens i'll fly into london we can do a photo shoot and of course one thing leads to the other we stay in the hotel so so is this this an elaborate next level scheme to just uh fuck really hot girls Absolutely. I mean, of course, <laughs> when I bought my camera in the beginning, because, you know, like back in 2007, when iPhones first started coming out, you can show people photos in the club and the photos like in a dark club, everyone's like kind of drunk, these bright, colorful, beautiful landscape photos of castles in Europe. I would show girls those photos, or like come back to my house and see my photos. That worked really well. But then I, I got like proper lighting and I had so many girls and students to practice with. That I got really good at portrait photography, and on uh, Four Week Natural, we we do three photo shoots um, in a combination of different settings, and it's important to do three because the students get better fashion, grooming, and kind of energy in their own photos by the second and third photo shoots, and then I help them put that into Tinder as well. But yeah, my other side business, I I sell landscape photographs from my travels all around the world, and. It's, it's an important balance for me for like hardcore psychological coaching and mentorship in nightclubs in London, Sydney, Paris or whatever. And then the next thing I'm, I'm in this van right now, I'm in Northern Scotland. And today I was out like marching in the mud on the top of a mountain taking photos. So yeah, everyone's got to have balance. And you know, this isn't something that I can do until I'm 80 or 90 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, a question I think a lot of people are thinking, like what percentage of the girls that you, you know, you take photographs of do you wind up banging in the end? Like roughly speaking, ballpark figures. Uh, So, I mean, if some girls like solicit me for photos and they like, they fly out of their way to do it, that's probably going to be 75%, like three out of four would do it. Um, but this is, this is happening like probably five times, six times a year, depending on if it's not a COVID year. But then a lot of the girlfriends who I'm dating, I'll take like proper, really beautiful photos of them and like, like them properly, talk them through it and things like that. So, and even then, like, like I did a couple of photo shoots in Thailand earlier this year and the girls didn't bang me at that time. But since then they flew from Israel into Croatia to meet me to bang me. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not keeping track of the math, but it's it's kind of part of the process. And then I know that if a girl has a boyfriend, I'm not going to be that excited to do the photo shoot. Um, <laughs> you know, she has friends. Um, she's a super cool girl. She's super beautiful, or she works for a known label uh, that I can put on my website. I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, so it, I like it. I, and for the record, I also photo shoot guys because I don't want to be like gender racist or something. Some guys <laughs> can be interested in the shoot as well. Just, just, so significantly, just significantly less guys, you know, like maybe 1%, 1% or 2%, once in the blue moon. No, I yeah, got yeah. you. So, so basically you're doing like lifestyle game, like a lot of that, like, you know, is that something you teach on the program, like for guys to like kind of use their hobbies and passions as a way to meet girls? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting, the way that you ask that question, use your hobbies and passions as a way to meet girls. Uh, 
it, it, yes and no. It's just a different paradigm that we're talking about. So I'd say I had a student, I had these students in Switzerland and they all had their own passions. They loved their business. One was like into natural healing. And it, it's more that a girl is attracted to a very passionate, very competent guy rather than using that passion to get pussy. You know what I mean? So even if, you know, right now if you're a passionate YouTuber, and you can show your competency and your passion and you can even help a girl to emotionally understand good management of your channel and interview well done published and you know getting views and likes and comments and engagement that's turning you on that will in turn turn the girl on but you don't need to use your youtube to make the girl happy so i just teach everybody to be passionate in their in their own thing and that can be both professional and their hobby whatever the hobby might be so yeah i guess so but uh just in a different language to what you're asking yeah, I got you. So how, how are you mainly meeting girls nowadays? Like, are you mainly, because uh, you mentioned earlier that you do, you know, you started delving into dark, dark world of Tinder. Uh, so what are, you, what are you mainly doing? Like, is it mainly like from the uh, photography thing, mainly Tinder, mainly uh, just cold mm. approach? Um, Instagram as well, actually, quite a lot. Because my Instagram has a lot of followers, about 90 something thousand, which is good. Oh, um, but are, those all, in, are those all real or some of those uh, paid for? Yeah, uh, all of them are real, but we used a follow unfollow manager uh, for like okay. three gotcha. years. Yeah. So we had a guy in Switzerland that was like deliberately, it would sit there and actively follow unfollow. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they are real people, but I don't like the setup. I'm actually going to delete the account, start a new one. Um, because Instagram knows that we were using a follow unfollow manager. So mm -hmm. I can't do promotions like that. Um, no, but because I'm coaching, I'm a forward natural coach, I go to clubs with students. Uh, you know, three nights, four nights a week. And uh, through all of your information, I'll have usually a maximum of nine students for uh, four weeks, three groups of three. So I'll go out Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, maybe Sunday night, maybe Wednesday night, depending what's going on. So I'm in the field. And the way that works, I coach three students per night, but the other six students are welcome to join in any night that I'm going out. So mostly I'll meet my girls from cold approach day game and night game uh but also um because we have to do so much tinder game together as a group like we'll sit together i look at the guy's phones i go through tinder myself and do my examples and i like to have my own tinder hinge bumble conversations going uh so that i can demonstrate to the guys what i'm doing as well so really a combination of both and i think if i uh, the easiest way for me to for me to meet girls is through my instagram because it's got good numbers on it um, and a lot of quality uh, photography. And for all of your information, my my Instagram is Alex Media Studio. So you can just see that it's a well set up Instagram. It has reasonably good engagement. Nowhere near as good as it could be, but I'd say Instagram is actually the best way that I meet girls at the moment, in combination with my my coaching lifestyle. Pro provide more info on that. How, how how specifically are you meeting girls on Instagram? Like, are you sliding in DMs? Are they sliding in your DMs? Like, what are you? Because uh, there's different strategies. I've also delved into the world of Instagram. I'm curious to hear yeah. how you're doing it. Um, yeah, I really do slide into the DMs. Um, well, I kind of slide into the comments first. And I, I, I'll, okay, so here's the strategy. I try to try to break it down. Um, right. Depending depending what I'm focusing on, obviously I want girls who, I like girls who work out or are adventurous or, um, you know, kind of fashion type girls. And then I'll try to find a really unique hashtag that might be like uh, really specific, not something broad, not like 
Instagram of the day or like for like or I kind of think there's this like one mountain that I hike here in uh, Scotland called mm-hmm. Pentland Hills, hashtag Pentland Hills. So I was just looking all the way through that, that hashtag because I know that that's going to be somebody who's going to be local, someone who lives near me, which is good in these lockdown times. Um, and I know that girls who like hiking are usually athletic, outgoing, um, you know, adventurous type girls. So, uh, uh, you know, you're probably going to get a hotter type of girl. So just looking through that all of the time. And then I, I, I leave like a meaningful comment on one of those posts that says Pentlands. And I'm like, oh my God, what time of the year was that? That's a beautiful photo. So like mm-hmm. a human comment. And then I might like two other photos at the same time. Um, and then I start following the girl. And then I can start seeing her story. And so then when I start, when I like those photos, I don't like the, the cliche booty too, shots yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah like, like thirst type photos that the girls have. It might be like something that they painted or their family dog or something like that. Um, and then I start to get an Instagram conversation going and reply to her stories and she starts seeing my stories and things like that. And then I say, um, Hey, do you want to meet up? You know, I'm a photographer. I live in the area. Um, I'm Alex. And I just start telling my story and they're like, yeah, why not? That, and the thing is like, that is a longer drawn out method, but it's a very, very strong method. Um, and I like it because there's no... <clears throat> defensiveness around it like you know if you approach a girl in a club or on tinder the girl can have a kind of a well, he, you know he's just trying to get laid sort of thing but when i come at it from the instagram angle then the girl's like oh i'm a guy in an unusual kind of way i'm going to go meet up with him kind of thing <clears throat> so there's one way of doing it i like doing it yeah interesting what what, what opener do you usually use when you slide in the dm or mm. is it very contextual as i said i don't i don't slide in the dm because that is it doesn't really work because it kind of Instagram filters it out. I'll slide into the comments. Um, comments a, a meaningful comment that everybody can see. And then I'll follow her. I'll try to get her to follow me um, by keeping on liking her posts or whatever. Um, or I might even, you know, write a comment like, oh my God, you didn't follow me. I thought you like hiking or whatever. And then I'll start responding to her stories by meaningful, meaningful comments on their stories. Right, and that can I can tell you like some of my Tinder type conversations we use, but basically, when I do start DMing based on her stories, I'll usually make statements that require immediate clarification, like "you must be" or "that must be" or uh, "that looks like." So she's uh-huh. like, it, "It is, but it's not," or it, "It's totally not as cool as I thought," or "I'm just posing things like that." So when you when you elicit clarification that that whole technique the girl has to respond and then then i can take the conversation in the kind of direction like oh oh you're so self-centered you didn't ask anything about me are you just a traditional are you just a cliche instagram type of girl i know you're not because you have good like homely photos and you're not afraid to, to show your real self so i kind of qualify them in that humbling way to get a more down-to-earth conversation going. Yeah, I'm doing it that way at the moment. That, that's my, mostly because I'm banned from Tinder at the moment. <laughs> yeah, so how, how did you get banned from Tinder exactly? Right, so I, I actually got back on Tinder. I, I recovered my account. I recovered eight accounts recently, and then I connected it to my wrong Facebook, and then that got me fucking banned again. So I do this one program 
um, called Alex, no, Four Week Natural Elite, and the student will pay $15,000 for four weeks. But the catch in that case, the student has to pay, there's only three students, uh, three students for the four weeks instead of nine kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the student gets a lot more attention. So me and we had two students on this event. We're in London and we all went all in with, with Tinder and dating, right? And so I, you know, pulled out all the stops, tried to do my best work. I put a lot of time and effort into it. And if you don't know, right, you can get your keyboard connected to your iPhone and then you can even connect it through the fucking uh, uh, Safari or whatever, like your, your internet browser and you can, you can go hyper on, on Tinder. And of course, Tinder is brilliant in London and big cities like that. So one night, uh, sorry, one week, I had like eight, eight dates in 10 days uh, with, with eight different girls. But genius me obviously had all of these girls on Instagram as well. And then genius me, every fucking night, I put date night with me at the same table <laughs> with a different girl across the <laughs> eight, eight nights. Okay, yeah. nights right? right. And so all like... <laughs> The girls are all dressed a little bit differently, and even the staff, the hotel, were like, "Fuck this guy." And so some of the girls were like messaging me, "You're a douchebag. You're doing too many dates. Um, uh, who are you hanging out with? Like, surely you claim it's your sister, but it's not." And so how many how many different sisters do you have? Yeah, like twenty <laughs> sisters. Like it's my brother's female friend. Well, why, why are you why are you making out with your sister? Oh, with that kind of family. But yeah, you know, you know how you do it. Like you're sitting across from somebody, and you, you have yeah. the, the date table, but you just show like up to here on the girl's like chest and handbag or whatever. So then uh, it was on about the ninth day or something. Um, the Tinder just blocked me. I'm like, fuck, fuck. Yeah. It's connected to my like my, my home. But there are too many too many chicks reported you in too short of a period. That's why you got you got to match yeah. them if the, if the date doesn't go well. Yeah, that's that's, that's uh, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to if if the date goes badly, you got to match. You got pre- the premature. Were, the dates pre- were all going like quite well. Is the thing I think I was just being too much of a fucking smartass about it all. But that's a good tip actually. Un- unmatch them. Urgh. I should I should have known. But now I've got my SIM card. I've got another SIM card. I'm gonna get set up again. Yeah, easy so, yeah. easy fix. New SIM card, new phone. Just created yeah. your account using a new number. Bam, you're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah t- Tinder's got some uh, some Nazi policies in place. They'll just they'll just ban you. Like if you if you get reported, they'll just ban. There's no like investigation or they don't like look into it. I can imagine, yeah, I can imagine like the, the left wing feminist SJWs sitting there in the, in like the headquarters of Tinder, like on some dark hill somewhere, you know, in the Pacific Coast area of the United States, just angry, angry about, <laughs> about users. So I was nice. I was always nice. You know, I'm a fucking dating coach. And one day, you know, the people from the news media are going to come and attack me, but I've kept my nose clean. I've always been a good. You know, like you've got to be a coach and teach and message in a way that's sustainable to the world. So I was always nice. I was just dating too many people at one time. It's London. Have, have you ever been part of any new scandals or you left RSD before the uh, scandal, right? Or what was the timing on that? Interesting story. Um, so when when Julian came into RSD in about 2013, he was very, you know, it was, it was very brand minded. It was a very colorful character um, and people loved it. But it was pretty, some of his stuff was very edgy, um, as, you know, everybody universally knows. Um, And I've been, uh, you know, studying to be a counsellor for women who had been abused at home or, you know, emotionally abused or people who had survived 
self-harm episodes and things like that. So I just wanted to dissociate with that. So when when the new RSD, the intense RSD started to bubble up, I disassociated with the brand name Real Social Dynamics. I even uh, changed my name to Alex Alexander TNI, the natural instinct is what I called it at the time, just because I didn't want to be tarred with the same brush. And when when the Julian content became more and more colorful, a little bit aggressive and <laughs> en- entering into a gray zone, you know, I know that all my content is going onto the internet and I know that, you know, if you want to be successful in life, people like Ellen DeGeneres or Oprah Winfrey or, you know, CNN, they have access to this content and right. eventually, you know, they can be pretty upset as well. And, you know, my students are not going to be successful with women uh, and with their own personal development if they're alienating a huge chunk of people by making distasteful jokes that is really painful to a lot of people out there. So, uh, no, when when I saw the neg- not the negativity, but the, the colorful shit coming in, I was like, shit, I'm going to draw a line in the sand, make sure that I never go into that misogynistic, even risky bunch of misogynistic zone. And then I had to really think hard about how to use t- like politically correct terminologies to describe things that we don't like in the dating game. Like, so for example, what what some other dating coaches would call like a fat whore, I would say is a nutritionally undisciplined or possibly a thyroid, <laughs> a thyroid unfortunate, sexually ambitious female. Which is, you know, you know, some people are dietarily, what's the word? Uh, lack in discipline. They lack discipline in their diet and, you know, they, they enjoy sexual ambition. So, good for them. But there's, there's, Ways to say that is that's safe and professional, that is sustainable, and then other ways to get a whole lot of clicks and can get you in a whole lot of trouble. But sorry. Yeah, I got you. I, you know, I, I would I would have kind of agreed with your view pre-Trump, but I, don't you feel like Trump has kind of changed the rules? Because I feel like Trump like did shit way way more outrageous than Julian. I'm not I'm not making a comment on whether I support or don't support Trump. Like I feel like that's irrelevant. It's more of just like if you if, whether you like him or not. If you just look at like. Like some of the shit he says, it was so fucking outrageous. Like, like I like my yeah. war heroes who did not get captured. Like, you've yeah, called yeah, women yeah. fat pigs. Only Rosie O'Donnell. Like, I feel like he just fucking. But I think the difference between uh, Trump and Julian is that Trump, when he got called out, he just fucking hundred percent owned it. He was like, no, mm-hmm. like this is my frame. Versus Julian, kind of, he kind of like kind of crumbled a little bit on CNN. I don't fault him for that because that's a lot of pressure, and I'm sure he saw his whole like you know life falling before him. But I think that was the difference. Is like. You know, both of them, when they face controversy, one of them kind of just held on to the frame and one of them just kind of like, you know, backtracked. I don't know. What, what, what's your thought on that? Mm. Uh, with Trump, yeah, I'm, I'm an Australian citizen, so I don't vote in the United States. It's interesting to see a character that, tr- the character Trump, like in the spotlight of the entire world, but he uses a lot of very, I think, distasteful language that can alienate yeah, sure. people. And, <laughs> and because I, I think, you know, he discredits himself so badly in the way that he speaks that people don't even take his silly things that he says seriously. But, you know, if Ellen DeGeneres, who everyone does have a lot of respect for, if she says something that is marginal, then she gets in a lot of trouble for it and there's yeah. real repercussions. I think yeah. the whole Trump thing is just a, it's a funny joke. And, you know, uh, in regards to Julian, you know, we, we worked together so closely for so long on so many programs together and you know I, I know him really well i knew him really really well and he had massive balls to go on cnn uh 
and I, I don't know about like did he hold the frame or break the frame or whatever I don't know about that but he stood up for himself uh, you know he faced the music he was fucking brave he answered to the call so he's a really really good character um and you know those things happened to him when he was like what 23 24 yeah um, he, was, he, he was very young i, yeah, do, I mean, for julian go yeah, on, sorry. i don't like the way that some of julian's people that julian looked up to who i looked up to in our in mm-hmm. our company people who you know probably should have guided him better they uh, they, they could have looked after him a lot better. You know, obviously, it's the big brother's responsibility when the little brother's being a loud mouth, I suppose you can call it, colourful. But no, you know, the, the, the kid learned from it. He made good. He's got a better... He's got this, like, self-help development program going on now that's really, really good. Um, and uh, he got himself into some fucking hot water. Probably could have been avoided. <laughs> um, and I, at the end of the day, it didn't really help anyone, but at least lesson learned and... Yeah, you know, it, it pales in comparison now after fucking Trump and COVID and all this kind of stuff. So the SJ, the social justice warriors have a lot more to yeah. worry about. That's like life and death with COVID and pandemics than yeah, yeah. the bad turn of phrase by Donald Trump or fucking Julian Blank. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Julian for sure seems like a good guy. He was actually in my yoga class for a bit. Uh, me and him were, we lived like pretty close to each other when I used to live in LA. And I would always see him in my yoga class. Yeah, he would like oh. kind of sit, sit in the back. But uh this was way before I had PWF or a channel or anything like that when I was just a fan. Uh, but one thing I did want to ask you this, maybe you can shed some light on this. I just cannot figure this out. Why in the world is Julian just nowadays just like wearing the most obnoxious outfits ever? Like what is the, what is the, is there, is this just to troll people? Like is, is it what, is it just pure trolling at this point? Cause I see his Instagram posts and I'm just like, how the, where did you get this? Like the fucking 1600s? Like what is the, what is the lesson here with these outfits? Do you have any kind of like insight on that? What do I, who do I look like? Perez Hilton, I'm not a gossip king. I'm a, I'm a dating coach, but I do. I see the photos and I think it's fucking cool. Like, I think it's cool. Like, ex- express yourself, be colorful. It's good for branding. Um, it's fun. It's interesting. But uh, no, I, I can't really comment. I, I don't know him very well personally anymore. Um, but everyone who like dresses colorfully and owns what they wear, that's all good stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I can't really comment on a personal level on that. But I do think it's cool. Okay, yeah, I just want to see if you have any inside info. Are you still friends with any of those guys, or not really? You're just kind of doing your own thing? Uh, yeah. Uh, again, like, I, like, right now, I could get Jeff on the phone, Todd on the phone, Madison on the phone, uh, Julian's in some of my chat groups that I'm in. Yeah, so, uh-huh. kind of. So, you're still uh, on, like, good, on good terms with everybody, basically? Not bad terms. Just you know, I live in a different part of the world. I live in a different part of the world. Me and Jeff would love to would go for a beer, kind of thing. If I'm in the area, and then Madison, we go for a beer, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's it's just I, I uh, can definitely see. Yeah, I can definitely see like you and Jeffy. You guys have like a sense, same sense of humor, so I can definitely see that being like a like a like a I don't know like a hangout group or whatever. Uh, all right, so let, let me change gears a little bit. Let me ask you this. So you've been coaching for a very long time. Uh, what is some of the reasons that you see guys are not getting good? Because you, you see this in the community. Guys who have been in this pickup community 5, 10, 20 years, and they still suck balls. Like, what, what, what are some of your observations on that? Why are guys not getting good? It's like the, the biggest, widest question ever. Um, uh there's two ways to come at this and like a, a piece of wisdom that I'd love to share with everybody that I think mm-hmm. hopefully can change listeners lives is is the point of motivation the reason the reason why they're doing game right so the reason why a lot of guys are not getting good 
it's because a lot of guys in the pickup industry, they're motivated to get good at the game for two reasons. One is because they want to have this like higher level understanding of psychology, uh, like a technical mastery of human behavior and other people. And that is, you know, guys are drawn towards that. Guys are analytical. Guys like to be empowered. Guys like to have, you know, assets and competencies available to them to take control of situations. The second big motivation guys have is that they, they don't want to be lonely, obviously. They, they, they don't want to feel hopeless or helpless. Mm. And so you have all these guys in the pickup industry watching all of these videos and they have these two motivations. I don't want to be lonely and I do want to master this psychology and learn from these really intelligent people who make videos and have experiences and are good coaches. But neither of those two motivations are anything to do with women. And you need to move away from those two deductive motivations and move towards a progressive motivation, which is to learn to love the woman in front of you. Now, every single human being out there is different, your friends, your family, guys, girls, whatever. But if you can, instead of walk around worrying about your own deficiencies and worrying about your own hopelessness or lack of competency, and instead look at a girl um, and be appreciative or complimentary or project uh, project a kind of a, an adoration or admiration onto the girl. You're just basically, you know, conjuring a good emotion and handing that over rather than focusing on your own issues when you're having that interaction. I would say that is one of the absolute biggest fucking reasons why so many guys in this industry are not making the leap from struggle land to prosper land, right? So <laughs> if, you know, when you, you know, from, from a girl's point of view, she has so many concerns and issues unto herself and, and worries about her, you know, finances, her career, her body, uh, her friends, how guys think about her. She has so much of that going on inside of herself and then she meets you and you've just got all the issues going on inside of yourself. Everybody, everybody in life, wants to have some kind of validation or belief in them from a higher power. Your boss, your dad, your coach, your bigger brother, bigger sister, whatever. And if we as the guys are hosting these interactions, you know, we're the pickup artists. We're the ones who should be initiating these these conversations with girls and then basically, you know, offering a hand of encouragement, support, ad- admiration to these girls and say, I like you, I believe in you, you're cool. Um, I'll put my own shit away for a second and say, hey, I appreciate so many of spending my time with you. And the girl will feed off that so well. And it's almost, you know, this sounds like misogynistic almost. It almost sounds like the girl needs uh, help from a man, right? But that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, you know, everybody likes to be believed in by somebody else, especially somebody who's got their shit half together so you know if you're you know even we as guys in our the mid stage of our life somebody who's 50 who we admire gives us a pat on the back we're like fucking yeah that's good somebody you know i'm getting credit from somebody who has the right to give credit elon musk you better be listening to this right right you admire (laughs) i admire like formula one formula one drivers and managers okay um uh and even my dad like my dad give me a pat on the back i'm like Thank you. Thank you. But if, if, we, if we're like in a club or you're digging and we're like, you're reading that book, that's super cool. You're doing that type of yoga. That's fucking hard. That's super cool. You're doing a post-grad. Respect. I really admire that. Like, I feel glad just hanging out with you. The girl's like, 
here's a dude who goes to the gym, has a job, is respectful, has balls enough to talk to me, and he's not got so many issues that he can actually give me a compliment and not freak out about it. Yeah. That's, that, that's it. Like, if you can switch that motivation over, and that's one of the biggest things that I focus on on the live programs, because then the next question that you or any students can ask is, but Alex, isn't that low value to... To, to give your power away and to give the girl a fucking compliment or something. So everybody asks that question is next. Do you want me to, do you want me to answer that question? No, I mean, that's, that's pure nonsense. There's nothing wrong with giving a woman a compliment. I, this is like Thank pure God. pick up, pick up We're on the same delusion, delusional nonsense. Like you can't give a woman a compliment. And it's much yeah. more cringe when guys try to neg girls and they can't really do it correctly. So they just wind up saying something like awkward. And a girl's like, okay, cool story, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's very cringe, yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, you see so much cringe shit in the community. You know, the, the most cringe, well, I'll just comment on this, was uh, when uh, the Hand of God thing was was popular. But, like, you see, like, the I, for sure, if you're a confident guy and, like, you, you got some swagger, you can pull it off in the right setting. But if you're, like, a really shy nerd and you're going to try to do the Hand of God and, like, it's just going to be, like, all shaky and shit, the chick is like, get the fuck away from me. So you saw a lot of that in L.A. circa 2015. It was just, like, yeah, you yeah. just saw it right away. All right, let's jump into some, uh, some questions because we got them building up. Let's start off with an easy one. Alex, please do more vids, man. I miss you from the RSD days. Hey, man. I, you know, I actually, the, the band that I'm in right now, I have so much camera and production equipment, but I discovered that I have a, a problem with my spine and it's, it's caused this crazy nerve damage in my back and my legs and, and everything. Oh, shit. I put on, yeah, I put on so much weight that I looked horrible on camera because uh, I didn't understand the spine issue. We what was the, the, what's, issue. The, what's the issue? When I was born, part of my spine wasn't fused properly, and it's causing all this nerve damage, um, which uh -huh. made it really, really hard to train, work out. So I'd, I'd go and do like a squat, and then I'd crush part of my spine, uh, and then I couldn't work out for months at a time. So that caused a whole lot of problems. But now I have made this magic goal to get under a certain weight, and then I'm going to start doing heaps of fucking videos again because um, since uh, Social Encrypted, we had so much new content coming out. Uh, that I've been teaching live on program all these times. And I'm building another program called uh, Four Week Natural Mastermind, uh, which is hopefully coming out 2022. Fucking COVID. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of co content. I'm going to all these cool places, got all these cool cameras. I love vlogging. So I'm looking forward to doing so much of it. Um, that's why I'm starting doing these interviews again. So the chin, you can't be having fucking, if you're going to be a life coach, you can't have two chins. You know what I mean? Like, no, I mean, you, you, you look fine. You ever fuck with like TRT or human growth hormone or anything like that? I did look at it in the day, um, but for me, when I did look at it, it was it was too much like yo-yo diet. So now I found I've got actually a kitchen on wheels here with me. Uh, I found the the perfect traveling diet uh, that's sustainable anywhere that I go. Uh, I can meet my macros. I do my training every day. I have a gym in the back of the car. I hike every day, so yeah. I'm, I've got this shit on lock now. Yeah. <laughs> nice. You ever get any pullback from chicks when you pull back to the van? Like, are they ever like, oh, you live in a van? Or like, they're like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> like, what kind of reactions do you usually get? Oh, it's so fucked. It's so fucked. Okay, so for the longest time, I've had this van for four years, and I was just fucking embarrassed of it. Like, so embarrassed. But it is, it's nice. It's got a... It's got a big bed in the back. It's got air conditioning. It's got heating. It's got a shower, fridge, everything. Um, oh. But I, I was really embarrassed about it. Only this year that I stopped being embarrassed about it. But um, <laughs> what I would say is like, oh, you know, 
my my parents have traveled to Europe to visit me and they're staying in my apartment. But you have to see this new van that I bought. It's so cool. Let's go and check it out. And the girl's like, what the fuck? And we go into a trailer park, <laughs> like somewhere way outside of the city. And she's like, what the fuck is this? But then she's like, well, I'm here now. Hmm, I'm pretty badass. I'm doing crazy shit. And so then, like, once the girl's in the band, then I've almost, like, got her for life. And then I started, <laughs> <laughs> then I started like, yeah, then I started, like, parking it uh, near the club, and that started working pretty well. Uh, and then I find girls who, they love the van life, and I'm like, oh, I've got mine. It's, like, just three blocks from the club. And they're like, okay, so bring them over here, and, and life is good. It's kind of funny. It, like, in the back, the crawl space is only about three feet. And so mm-hmm. there's like this hatch that I can put my head up. I have to put my head up in the hatch and be having sex with a girl at the same time while she's down in the bed space. So I'm like looking out around the, the night sky and she's down in the, in the car. So this fucking van, man, it's it's just ridiculous. So it's good. I'm going to do a whole like reveal tour. I've got an espresso machine. I've got all this power, electric skateboards, thousands of hard drives. It's quite brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna imagine that's like your most popular video ever, like 20 million views. The van reveal was the video everyone's been excited about. That's interesting. It's, re- it's pretty uh, sick. I will. I've been working on it for four years. When the, when the lockdown happened, I was just stuck here working on it for like seven months, ordering parts from Amazon, the hardware store. It's been a lot of fun. What made you decide to do the van thing? Mm-hmm. Like, was there was there a catalyst okay, where you're like, "Fuck this shit! I need a van." Kicked off Airbnb. So <laughs> that was fucking Julian, actually. Julian, because uh, we were all associated with his, uh, um, uh, the RSD, like, booking account. So everyone who was associated with that, we all got kicked off Airbnb at the same time. I think I could restore my account if I wanted to. But, um, you know, we are so lucky um, as dating coaches, especially even working for RSD, that I, I was able to you know, stay in beautiful hotels in New York, Paris, Sydney, Melbourne. Uh, and, and we're in nightclubs every fucking weekend of the year. So I thought, you know, what, what would be fun and interesting is to do the opposite. And that is be able to wake up next to waterfalls and wake up next to lakes. I love driving. I love photography. So I thought, why not? And so now when I go to a city, I can stay in this camper uh, for free, basically. And then oftentimes, because I accommodate myself, people offer me to stay for free everywhere. They're like, Alex, you have your van, but I've got this beautiful spare room in central London or Vienna, by all means, stay with me free. So it's kind of like paid for itself that way. And I've, I've driven this thing from northern Finland to Ireland to Istanbul to Croatia through Spain, everywhere. I, I love this thing. It's brilliant. <laughs> nice. Alex, will you marry after game and what you saw? I don't know and what you saw it means, but will you marry after game? I understand. What, what, he, what he means is like... What he probably means, like girls cheating, people being bad people. Oh, I see. Okay, uh, got him. Got him. He's worried about that. Yeah, man, absolutely. I married off the game. I had um, I wanted to marry one girl. In 2015, I met a girl, and I really loved her. I thought we were soulmates. Um, and then I actually tried to get a visa to, to move to her country in Europe, uh, but it didn't work out because of the uh, European immigration crisis of 2016, 17. So basically, the immigration office said to, said to us, I will need to wait outside of that country for two years. And my partner at the time, she couldn't have come to my country because she had to finish her scholarship, which would take 12 months. So we tried it for like 
nine months and then we thought like fuck this cannot work and we decided to, to basically end our engagement really fucked up um and so now I, i'm doing like alex 2.0 and i want to be you know world-class self-help coach world-class photographer huge internet personality similar to like casey neistat traveling making videos sharing mm. good vibes um and then i think from that i'll be in a really influential position i'll get my physique in control i'll have good life you know good friends and then i'll find a dream girl and you know people who ask that kind of question like will you get married after the game and what you saw um me myself and my friends who are super alpha and even even alexia sasha he's he doesn't even comprehend the question because people who are alpha and have a sense of abundance girls are worried about losing guys like us uh we don't worry about girls cheating on us because we're more like the the 20 of the 80 20 rule we're like the alpha the abundant set of guys so um when when it comes down to me eventually settling down to marry a girl one mistake that a lot of you guys out there will make is you think that girl she's not perfect her education's like eh, her attitude eh, whatever whereas really abundant guys see her not as a set of statistics but rather than rather we see her potential you know what she could grow into she's this great now and how great she could be and then we combine our forces how great she can help me to become uh which in turn i can help to make her to become great things like that so that question is it's very pessimistic and you're asking the wrong kind of question you know maybe people have cheated in the past or let themselves down badly but people learn from that you know it should be a positive progression it, it is a positive progression rather than you know punishing people and holding grudges forever so yes i will get married i'm looking forward to it after alex 2.0 is finished <laughs> once we take over the world the alexis uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. that's interesting. I never actually thought about that, but yeah, I never, uh, I never worry about being cheated on simply because I just don't foresee that something that's likely to happen to be. Like I'm like, what, who would cheat on me? I'm fucking awesome. Yeah, Siberian Husky got a doesn't even enter reality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right, uh, Alex and Alex for you Do you guys want kids, family, wife? So it's kind of the same variation. It's pretty rough out there. Physically attractive, but not wife stock or mother game shows female nature. It's not pretty. So it's like the same variation of the same question. Uh, do I want kids? I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. I don't I probably, I don't know if I'm going to marry. I would just probably live with a girl and be in an exclusive relationship. Maybe have kids, maybe not. But it's all like 10 years down the line. So I have to figure that out. Ninety times soon. That's for sure. Game shows female nature. It is not pretty. Girls, <laughs> girls say that, um, girls say that they're not crazy. That men, men that drive them crazy. And that's probably true. It's so pessimistic what you say. I mean, like, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody lets themselves down. Everybody uh, can be disloyal and let their friends down, yourself included. You know, we are humans. We are not perfect. But we are the pickup guys. We are the hosts of the interaction. So we need to be the one to, you know, come in with a positive outlook first. I swear to God, like, you know, if I, whoever asked that question, if I, if I came at you thinking, this student he's not pretty this student he doesn't have potential how do you think you're going to respond to that you're going to be like mm, fine fuck it i'm going to suck then but if i you know i'm the the bigger man or at least host of the interaction host of the coaching dynamic and i see what you could be and i have like a little bit of belief in you then you'll change your tune really quickly one 
yeah, it is female nature to, to need and to, to like reassurance. Do you still like me? Am I still important to you? That's what turns them on. That's what they like. You know, we as guys, we like having a sense of influence and we like, um, we like intimacy. So we like repetitive intimacy and the repetitive sense of influence. Girls like repetitive sense of significance, repetitive sense of uh, assurance. So that's life. And it's not a negative thing as the question is posed there. Yeah, next next question. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like, women blame the men, men blame the women. Men are the worst, women are the worst. There's a lot of just human nature is pretty, you know, just pretty grim at times. I don't think it's men or women. All right, is true no fap helps attract more women to you, make you more confident approaching girls, gives you more energy, strength, and better skin? What's your take on that? <laughs> this fucking question, like, I don't know why this question comes up so much. I'm, I study psychology, the science of psychology, so I'm scientifically minded. There's no evidence or data one way or the other. Anecdotally, with my super successful friends, some of them jack off all the time and successful, some of them don't. Some of them go through different phases. Some of those phases are self-fulfilling. They do no fap, therefore they're at least proving one sense of discipline to themselves so it, it fulfills in other areas of their life as well so no like same with like alcohol same with um uh you know money don't don't need it don't fear it with with no fap don't need to know fap in order to succeed and don't think that if you're masturbating it's going to be the end of the world i myself go through different phases of being so busy that i can't fap and I'm on fire because I love the moments that I have with girls and other times. Um, I know fat because I try to do it and then I just forget about porn and sex and all that good stuff. So can go either way. So don't get caught up on an irrelevant variable. There's much more important things to worry about than that. Yeah, very the science true. of fapping or no fapping, if it's going to help you or not. It's very true. No chick ever has been like... You know, I was going to hook up with you, but then I realized you fapped like a week ago. So then that was a deal break for me. I could sense it by your aura and your skin. Alex, uh, how do you incorporate your psychology background into your coaching? Right. Um, one, of the, one of the famous things about psychology is that uh, psychology and psychiatry. And bear in mind, I did two and a half years of undergraduate psychology. And then, and then I literally said you've got a chance to start with us now you need to leave your life behind leave your education start with us and it's like well fuck it i'll take that chance but the psychology says that even though we understand we observe like all of this phenomena behavioral phenomena responses um all these studies the, the human nature is still so unpredictable so basically what i learned from psychology is make no assumptions and that human beings can change on a whim at any moment. And so that means that I can play a big part in helping a human being to change on a whim in a moment and nothing is for sure. So say for example, that means you need to reapply your, your discipline and strength and things like that in order to, uh, in order to achieve success with women, uh, personal development, not, uh, not giving into things that are gonna let you down, like drinking, gambling, prostitutes stuff like that so that's kind of what i learned from psychology but but basically i also learned from psychology that i hate psychology that it's a whole lot of mental masturbation that's true trying to psychologically empower yourself uh in order to uh, 
in order to take control of a situation that's uncontrollable. Humans are uncontrollable. Um, so I, I thought it's just, it's a, it's a very non-adventurous way of thinking. It's analytical rather than adventurous. And, you know, guys who study entrepreneurship, making shit happen and then uh, responding to uh, problems that, that pop up, those kind of guys are really, really good with girls. Guys who are video editors as well are really good with girls because they have a vision, but they can't exactly achieve it. They need to problem solve so much stuff. That's the same as the dating game. So there's uh, there's your answer there. Thank, thank you for the nice question, answer. Natalia Rodriguez. I wonder who that could be. <sighs> wondering, wondering. All right. Who is that? Uh, you know? <laughs> I'll know. tell you off. I'll, I'll tell you offline. Uh, we all want to know about his opinions on ours. <laughs> I figured this question. I mean, we kind of, we kind of covered this. Uh, I don't know if there's anything Quick, to add. Long, long, uh, long story short, RSD is well. Uh, yeah, the, the characters from RSD, like Tyler Madison, Max is not an RSD. Julian is not an RSD. Todd is not an RSD. Luke is not an RSD. Evie is not a, like. RSD as we once know it is not it's not a thing anymore. Um, they're going into more like mainstream self help type of stuff, and it's just a whole different school of thought to what I do. Uh, with pickup coaching, I want to have a really strong, in depth, personal connection with every student for the four week period that we're together, and then include that person in the community forever. Uh, and RSD is really good for broad knowledge, big audiences of people for more shallow knowledge but more universal knowledge so you know it's definitely serves a purpose but they're not doing a whole lot of live in-field coaching um so two two different schools of thought and hopefully they evolve in a really helpful way because they have been helpful in the past and you have to admit tyler is a pretty phenomenal character pretty phenomenal character he's he a pretty interesting character i will give him that yeah but it's got to be about the, the the coach the human connection with the coach and it can't be all about how much money can we get from the from the client. It's got to be how can we have a great relationship and a good business relationship. Yeah, I'm gonna give the non PC answer. RSD largely sucks balls. <laughs> That's a non PC uh, version of uh, that answer. <laughs> nah, they're okay. They're okay. I'm just gonna, nah. my my earphones are about to to go flat. I gotta get the other ones. Keep talking. Next question. All right. Uh, how would you go about how you hold it financially? How would you go about hitting up older, higher financially status women when you're in your early 20s becoming that boy toy for financial access? Would it be day game, near high end lounge or bar? Interesting question. Um, <laughs> it, I think well, you, you want to go to the kind of places where those kind of women would be going. So I think um, For financial access, this is a very, it sounds like a very immoral question. <laughs> Look, if you go to a nightclub and there's older ladies there looking for some younger action, then maybe that's going to that's gonna be it. But you're asking a question is basically, how can I financially seduce people? And that's an immoral question and I can't help you. <laughs> like, how can I seduce a woman so that she'll spend money on me? Fuck. Some women do like toy boys and they'll accommodate you feed you clothe you stuff like that but that is not a great way to live your life so i would not <laughs> i would not encourage that definitely not a great way to live your life but if you want to do this just go on seeking arrangement sign up as a sugar baby there's actually some older women on seeking arrangement who want to be uh sugar uh whatever fucking what do you call them sugar, sugar mamas yeah sugar yeah, mamas yeah, yeah, yeah. you have any experience some... you ever fuck around with seeking arrangement alex 
I looked at it because I, I thought it could be fun to like meet some girls who um, might want to travel with me or, you know, live the kind of like the jet setting mm. life that I live. Uh, I looked at it, but it was all these kind of like, they were like third tier quality girls, not very intelligent, English, not their first language. So no, it was, it, it's easy enough to find yeah, adventurous people who like to travel in your social circles and nightclubs anyway. So no, I, I think it's it's too many extra steps that are unnecessary where you can find those kinds of girls. You know, if you've got the money as a guy to go and seek the arrangement, then you'll probably be able to find female friends and girlfriends who would agree to travel with you anyway. So I did look at because I thought it could be cool, but it's not. Yeah, I got I got banned from seeking arrangement like two years ago. We used to do what's called Saul Daddy game, where you'd pretend to be like a multimillionaire and you would just hook up with a bunch of hot sugar babies. And uh, I guess the uh, the higher ups at uh, seeking arrangement uh, frowned upon that. It actually all came to a headway <laughs> when, when I put out a video called uh, Salt Daddy Game, and that video was like by far my most controversial video ever. I had to take it down because they were threatening to sue me, and it just the CEO of seeking arrangement was just like hating. It, it just became this whole thing that I just didn't want to jeopardize my channel. So ultimately, I chose to take that video down. But yeah, like there was just like massive amounts of like angry sugar babies who were like sliding into my DMs and commenting on my Instagram saying I'm a horrible human being for exposing their little seeking arrangement fucking hustle that they got going on. So yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole fucking world. Yeah, everyone's try everyone's world. trying to hustle everybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, uh, this is quick, not a topic. Quick earphone change. One sec. Yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah, this is not a question we should go into too much detail on simply because we don't want to get nuked off YouTube. But uh, Alex, what's your take on just whipping your thing out idea when a girl gives you LMR when you've isolated her? Hold on, let me just get my earphones connected here. Yep, go for it. Right, yeah, uh, This kind of question is not allowed to answer. When... <laughs> uh, last minute resistance if a girl says no if a girl is saying no i don't want to fucking sleep with you you sir have not provided a fun enough opportunity that she is excited to become intimate with you and compliance is a real fucking thing now yeah just there's no point there's no point trying to rush things because they're going to make any human being more defensive if you try to in any context, if you try to get somebody to do something they don't want to do, they're just going to resist it. So there's no point doing that. Do more of the solid things, have more fun, uh, show a good time. You can't control another human being, you know. So don't even think about it. Don't even fucking go there. Let you know, lead the girl 95% of the way. And let her do the last 5%. You know, mm. by that stage, she should be pretty happy to do it anyway. And if not, then you got to go back and look at your. In the beginning stages of your game, but this is really serious shit. Like we can't be fucking around with whipping your thing out non-consensually. This is serious. <laughs> hide your wife, hide your kids, because everybody whipping their dicks out out here. All right, Alex Natural, what is your process to not be boring over text and get her to come out on a date? See, this is the kind of question that's good. This I'm a fucking dating coach. This is the kind of question that's winning. Um, so it's quite good on on Foy Natural. Like picture picture this, just to understand kind of my my contextual experience here. When when I have like nine students 
or between six and nine students we get get for a month and then i get all these guys running their tinder hot uh and i helped to do their tinder game all the way throughout the program especially when we're doing our day game sessions together so there's many answers to this question. I think this is a really good answer, and this can be like one of our last ones. Um, one, of the biggest, one of the biggest issues with guys on text game and Tinder game is when they finally get a match, they're really scared about losing that match. You know, so they're going to text in a way to not lose. They're going to text in a very, very safe, therefore predictable, therefore boring way. The thing is with Tinder. Tinder is such a shifting sands, random, fucking chaotic space. You never know what's going on. You never even know if you're texting a girl or not. You don't know if you're being catfished. So we as guys shouldn't take it too seriously anyway. And even then, when we're socializing with girls for dating, we shouldn't take that too seriously anyway either because with dating and Tinder, it's not like capitalism where the more that you put into it, the more that you should expect out of it. It's completely mm-hmm. variable reward or variable um, success scale type thing, not to call dating and women reward or success, but you never, basically, you never know what's going to happen. And when, when you accept that human beings are random and unpredictable and you never know what's going to happen, then you can say, well, I can't control the situation, so I can be a little bit fun in the situation. You can be completely willing to lose the girl from the very beginning, one, because you can't control people, Two, because it's Tinder. And three, because it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. You're showing that you've got balls and a sense of humor. You can say some polarizing things, some edgy things, some folk art type things within tasteful bounds of whatever society that you live in. So, um, I want to amuse myself basically by kind of prodding the girl and amuse, like prodding the girl and kind of like calling her out. A lot, I'm usually quite complimentary with my own game, encouraging, and I show a lot of admiration. And then, because I've set up a, a premise of encouragement and positivity, then I can call her out for being self-centered, self-indulgent, the world revolves around her, she's a stuff like that. And they are tasteful and measured eggs, I guess you can call it, call-outs. Uh, you know, sarcasm, girls love sarcasm, like, oh, the whole world revolves around Mary Sue or whoever I'm speaking to. Uh, and then it's nice to see, it's fun, the answer to the question, like how to keep it boring. It's fun for me to see how she reacts to the pressure that I put her under. And in, in this great dating game, us men are far less sensitive and far less emotionally intuitive than women. So because women are so much more emotionally sensitive and intuitive, they're far more prone to feeling embarrassed or kind of overwhelmed. So we can say these blunt, stupid, insensitive, lacking intuition things, like, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I bet you're wearing polka dot underwear today because you want to feel sexy. Blunt, stupid, unintuitive thing. And that makes you go think, ooh, naked, sexual, over the top, giggling, laughing, relatively edgy by society standards. That's, that's one example. So just knowing that they are more emotionally intelligent and going to be more reactive because of that that's super fun so uh, when I go on Tinder I'm like well well I'm probably going to lose every single one of these I have no right to meet up with any of them so at least I can have fun while it's not working out 
and then you never know when you know when the right kind of goal is going to going to pop up and you just keep chatting back and forward you combine a bit of the silly stuff a bit of the serious stuff where am i from what do i do where are you from what do you do and uh and then you say you know we've been texting now for you know four or five days i want to delete tinder let's go to whatsapp let's go to instagram uh and then you know we both went on tinder because we wanted to do some dating so let's make the time although in our experience it usually takes a girl about seven to nine days from connection to meetup. really that's just statistically so yeah huh. a bit of well yeah in, in the way that we're doing it in the way that we're doing it i saw your type of game is it more firepower you know more exciting type of game but my, my whole thing I guess is the way if, that we're if, doing it we're, we're not we're not go ahead i was saying my, my whole thing is efficiency simplicity and efficiency i try to the shortest point from point a to point b and so the way i kind of break down text game and texting is just simply open build investment optimally close and then confirm that's that's really it that's really what you know i want to build investment from the chick so i'm going to get her to uh, invest whether that might be sexually it might be based on something she has in her picks based on her having a dog whatever so once i get her to invest i can start moving things towards the meetup and that's really i would say the bread and butter of my uh, texting on that you know a lot of it is just overkill like you know qualifying the girl and whatnot like sure it helps if you do it correctly but it's not necessary Makes sense. Makes sense. Though, there's going to be a couple. Of, there's going to be a lot of girls out there who are like, they get on Tinder, they want to meet somebody straight away, and if you are experienced and efficient and you have good use of language, you'll latch onto that girl and make it work quickly. However, um, a lot of the girls we're talking to, they do have a, a little bit of a selection of guys, and the girl's ultimate bargaining chip is which guy is the most patient, right? So. We, our shortest way from point A to point B is never fucking up over the course of four days, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping relevant, keeping chatting, um, you know, using humor and some of those techniques that you spoke about before. But when, you know, when an attractive girl who has options goes on Tinder, uh, what we've both witnessed and my, my female friends, they'll see a whole lot of good guys, you know, with, with wealth, money, bodies, connection, whatever. And, you know, imagine she matches two of those guys, and all those guys are going to be, you know, moving from point A to point B, and we will be, you know, we do what's called warm invitations all the time to create opportunities to meet up, to allude to opportunities and see if she kind of engages the idea or lets it go. And then by the end of it, what we find is like, you know, the girl, a lot of other guys are going to be a little too aggressive or a little too crass or a little too stupid with their language. And then we're still there, still interested in who she is based on how we qualified her three days later, whereas a lot of other guys haven't. So, yeah, what you're saying can definitely work really, really well, but it will alienate some. Whereas with my guys, I'm trying to take a more broad approach uh, that's a little bit wider. So there's more room for error, is what, what I'm saying with our game. And there's more time to work with to make things happen. So. Mm. Yeah, that's your, I guess, your brand of brand of vodka, and then we have a little bit more of a broader. But also, I guess my guys are generally twenty five to thirty five. Possibly a different lifestyle. I don't know. Um, I would say, well, 
I would say the, well, the big part of what I teach is also calibrating to the situation. So, for example, uh, if the chick, you know, is busy for the next week, right? You're not going to push meeting her on Tuesday when she's not free until Friday, right? That just makes no sense. So a big part of it is um, I would say just assuming compliance and going forward. And then if you get pushback, like the girl saying, oh, I'm actually out of town for a week or like, oh, I'm actually really busy or whatever. Or like, oh, you know, I'd like to get to know you more, something like that. Then you calibrate to the situation. So I find that it's very rare that I lose a chick by going too far because I can always calibrate when she's giving me non-compliance. I can just pull back. Sometimes, I mean, I've, had, I've put, posted lay reports where it's taking me weeks, months to meet up with a chick. I have one that took me like a fucking year. It was like this big titty blonde milf from, <laughs> it took like nine months from opener to close. It's just simply so much fucking calibration and just, I fucking had to like match with her on three different apps, but eventually I got her. So yeah, I would say like, as long as you're calibrating, you can be pretty aggressive as long as you pull back when you get that um, kind of resistance. So as to speak. Yeah, but all right, man. Yeah, we we've, we've hit some, sure, you know. Sure, sure. My friend, what? Go ahead. Okay, I make one more point. So hopefully to, uh, what's the word? Share some enlightenment or help help the uh the viewers. My my friend, um, just to, just to kind of like reiterate what you're saying, and it's already mm -hmm. ten thirty here. It's late at night on a Sunday. Night. Um, my friend, he he works in the mines in Australia, so he would go away for like. Uh, two weeks at a time, uh, and it'd be in the middle of nowhere in the desert in Australia, but obviously he has his Tinder. And he made the point that, uh, which relates to what you said, is that, you know, you want to be, you want to be in business. You want to be asking the girl. You want to be making things happen quite quickly um, to show that you mean business and also in a way to stand out from the other guys. So what my friend would do, you know, he'd get the match and he would say, you know, I work with my hands. Um, I, I don't love texting. What's your phone number? So from the girl's point of view, she's going to be, she's going to, you know, a girl, a girl who goes on Tinder, maybe she broke up with her boyfriend like three months ago. She was in a long relationship for a year before that. And she, you know, had a couple of rebound one night stands. She cried for three months to her friends. And then finally, one day she decides, fuck, I'm going to go out there and meet a guy. And this is a nice girl with good photos, good friends. And she goes on Tinder and she gets like 20 fucking matches of decent, respectable guys. I mean, even, you know, you and I both alpha type guys from different parts of the world. We might both come up on that yeah. same girl's Tinder. You know what I mean? So Quite likely, yeah. Us. Yeah, yeah. So both like, have the same fucking name. He <laughs> was like, exactly right. So he was like, right, right. So he would get her phone number and try to get her on the phone super quickly, simply just to stand out from the crowd. And he's like, hey, I'm working up here on the site. It's pretty cool. You know, I've got my, my Instagram. Um, I even have a YouTube channel. Uh, and that way he would just stand out from the crowd. He was kind of making himself known ahead of the crowd without asking anything of her. So while he's moving things forward, he still had this really good uh, kind of skepticism. One of the things that we always say for Week Natural is every girl is a dream and a nightmare. I mean, every human being can be a dream and a nightmare once you get to know them. So... He would have the kind of skepticism and what we together we came up with with especially with that tinder photos is when the girl sees us for the first time on tinder we the photos will see of us is us basically looking at her and evaluating her as opposed to what a lot of the students do is they'll be like hey you like me hi choose me we have this kind of like we we're choosing you okay we're yeah. we're skeptical here we have a lot of good energy 
good smile, like smiling eyes, all that good stuff. But we're like, mm, that kind of look. And the girl, that's right. kind of mirrors the same kind of vibe that a girl would get from an attractive guy she'd meet at a club or a party or something like that. So, yeah, I just wanted to reconcile what you said with some ideas that I had. But yeah, as you said, we've been going for 80 minutes now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll wrap up. Uh, so, Alex, so how can people find you? How can people follow you? What are you? Uh, you said you're teaching some programs now, right? Or what's coming up? Actually, while we've been on this call, my website's been going off like with, with visitor notifications. So, uh, www.fourweeknatural.com to see my upcoming programs. You guys are based in the United States, huh? You're in. I am, yeah, but you know, most of most of the viewers are from all across the world. We're probably like twenty five percent U.S. and the rest is all scattered around the world. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I'm starting my next program in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Ah, dude, one of my favorite places. On Great place. Of January. Nice. I've never been there before. I'm really, really, I'm really fucking excited. So we have three positions left for that program. We only put that up one up about two months ago. Six guys signed up real quick. Got three places left. Um, so you can inquire about that and find out about that on forwardnatural.com. And then after that, I have two programs, one after the other in Austin, Texas. So it's, it's quite good. Like if you do the first program, of which I have three positions left, then you can basically join in for the second program as well. So that's going to be going through the month, the month of February into March. And the second one goes from March into April. And the U.S. is looking really good with with two vaccines right now. Uh, Mexico's wide open for game and nightclubs and stuff like that. And by the time that I get to Texas in February, should be pretty good. And even all my friends in Texas right now, the students already live there. They say that Austin is wide open. You can cold approach, you can party, you can drink. It's, it's brilliant. Here in the UK where I am now, they just shut everything down and I, I, I have a flight to Mexico in four days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm packing everything up now. So. I'm really excited. I, I haven't I, I haven't been to the United States for one year to coach and meet my nice cowgirl girls. So yeah, I'm gonna be, be over there for, for coaching. First in Mexico in like three weeks, so check it out. I mean there's, there's three positions remaining and it's it's a good fucking uh really, really good deal. We used to charge like three thousand dollars for three days, now it's like three thousand four hundred for thirty days of coaching. It's a good it's a really good system. Uh, and if you need any information, um, just get yeah, all the information is on www.fourweeknatural.com and you work directly with me. Nice. I can vouch for both of those places. I've spent extensive time in Playa de Carmen and Austin, Texas. I lived in Austin for five months. Playa de Carmen is awesome. One of my favorite spots. Definitely a great place for game. Austin is quite good. I would say it's more, you're not going to get so many cowgirls there. More of like, uh, it's a lot of like SJWs and whatnot, but, um, Believe it or not, I know that was quite a surprise for me. But it's still a really cool city. It has awesome nightlife, really good food. I'll, I'll recommend this one place you'll have to check out when you're there. I have this one fucking restaurant. I eat there like almost every day. Really epic. All right, guys. Uh, so, th- yeah, thank you for tuning in. Uh, uh, picnic. Picnic, yeah. Just P-I-K and I-K. Yeah. Fucking epic food. Really healthy and shit. I used to love that place. All right, guys, thank you for joining in. We're going to post all the links in the description below. We have a epic video coming out. I believe it's on Tuesday on how to DHV over text. So check that out. Then we have some more podcasts coming up next weekend. Don't miss that. We're going to be back to our usual time of 9 p.m. All right, Alex, thank you for coming on, man. It's good having you. Good chatting. All right, bro. Hang on for a second. I'm going to once I end the live screw. Yeah, yeah, for sure.